This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, June 8th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Will Newsom veto H-2A bill? Biden forms supply chain task force and Mexico increases tomato production. California H-2A worker rights bill advances. A Senate committee yesterday approved AB 857, a bill aimed to protect H-2A guest workers. The bill would require employers to notify the workers of certain rights and to compensate for travel time to the work site. Remember, Governor Newsom vetoed a similar measure in 2020, saying it departed from previous H-2A notice requirements and would lock in standards for the Labor Department. He instead directed the Labor Department to develop and maintain a template contemplated in this bill for H-2A employers. And next, well, Assemblymember Ash Cholera of San Jose, the bill's author, said he will work with the administration on clarifying the issue of voluntary versus mandatory travel time and allowing the Labor Commissioner more discretion in developing the notifications template. Senator John Laird of Santa Cruz, whose predecessor first opposed the measure, said the bill is a way of forcing the issue with the administration. And on that note, the committee also passed a measure that would allow farm worker unions to use mail-in ballots for elections, which will help with recruiting employees. Study. Machines can help wine grape industry survive labor shortage. UC Davis researchers have published a new guidance for wine grape growers who are turning to automation to compensate for labor shortages and reduce costs. Wine grape laborers have been virtually non-existent. People don't want to work in vineyards anymore because it's remote, tough work, said Kanan Kirchwell, a professor of viticulture and ecology. There is now machinery available to do everything without touching a vineyard. About 90% of wine grapes crushed in the U.S. are mechanically harvested, that according to the research. Previous studies have found a 50% savings in labor costs with harvesting machines. Mechanical pruning can save 60% to 80% of cost per acre compared to manual pruning alone. Technical financial assistance eyed as key needs for sustainability push. Stakeholders from Capitol Hill to the Corn Belt are backing a push to incorporate sustainable practices into production agriculture. But farmers will need additional know-how and monetary support to make it happen, panelists said at an AgriPulse webinar yesterday. The push to incentivize producers to sequester carbon in the soil and take another or, or take other conservation practices has amplified in recent months as lawmakers look to incorporate language on agriculture into potential legislation to suggest and address climate change. One such vehicle, Senator Stabenow's Growing Climate Solutions Act, would create a process to certify third-party verifiers of conservation practices. But Stabenow and others are also pushing for a big funding increase, about $50 billion in conservation programs. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Biden Task Force to Examine Ag and Food Vulnerabilities. The White House is establishing a new task force on supply chain disruptions to provide a whole-of-government response to near-term challenges. The task force will be led by the Secretaries of Agriculture, Commerce, and Transportation. 
A White House summary does not provide a lot of specificity on what issues the task force will address, but does say they will include areas where a mismatch between supply and demand has been evident. The task force will convene stakeholders to diagnose problems and surface solutions, large and small, public or private, that could help alleviate bottlenecks and supply constraints, the summary says. Mexican tomato farmers spurred by U.S. demand. Mexican farmers are increasing tomato production, counting on demand to increase in the U.S. as pandemic conditions improve and more restaurants and hotels open up. That according to a new analysis from the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. Mexico produces tomatoes all year long and production expected to reach 3.32 million metric tons in 2022. That's up from 3.3 million this year and about 3.2 million in 2020. An unknown? Well, that's the weather. Most of Mexico has been hit by drought conditions over the past eight months, but Sonola, the biggest tomato-producing region, is expected to get a rainy July. Keep in mind, the U.S.-Mexico Tomato Suspension Agreement, a deal to allow trade to continue between the countries without tariffs, has been key to stabilizing commerce and strong prices in the U.S., also encouraging imports, according to the FAS report. Austria approves partial glyphosate ban. The Austrian parliament has unanimously voted to impose a partial ban on glyphosate, prohibiting its use on so-called sensitive lands, including areas such as playgrounds and public parks, as well as residential land. The law has no impact on professional use of glyphosate, which means most applications in agriculture remains allowed, according to a FAS report out of Vienna. Lawmakers have tried twice in the past two years to totally ban the herbicide, but failed each time. Unlike its earlier efforts to fully ban the substance, Austria does not anticipate any objections from the EU Commission to this partial ban, the FAS said in the report. Bayer files brief in federal appeals court roundup case. Bayer continues to argue that a warning label on Roundup is preempted by federal pesticide law as it seeks to get the Supreme Court to address the matter. The company filed a brief in the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday supporting a Georgia federal judge's decision that found federal law held sway over state law. After that decision, Bayer reached a settlement that paid the plaintiff $100,000 to appeal the preemption ruling but drop its other claims. That settlement drew the ire of attorneys for plaintiffs who claim exposure to Roundup caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. They said Bayer is involved in a, quote, pay-to-appeal scheme to help obtain Supreme Court review of the preemption issue. Bayer said it's been transparent about its litigation goals. Its latest brief touches briefly on the settlement with plaintiff John Carson, saying that if Carson wins, he gets an additional substantial payment. USDA asking for project suggestions on pest and disease management. USDA's Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is making $75 million available in the next fiscal year for projects to protect plants from pests and disease. Goals for funding projects include enhancing plant disease analysis and mitigation, targeting vulnerable inspection points, strengthening pest identification, and conducting targeted outreach and education, APHIS said. 
About $5 million would go to the National Clean Plant Network. The Plant Pest and Disease Management and Disaster Prevention Program was established in the Farm Bill, and it allows APHIS and partners to prevent, detect, and mitigate invasive plant pests and diseases. PPDM and DPP project suggestions may be submitted to the USDA until July 23rd. Here's today's She Said It. We believe it is critical for the United States government to proactively engage with like-minded countries and chart a path forward with the EU to enable science-based regulations for biotechnology tools and expand sustainable agriculture practices to achieve our shared climate goals. That Michelle McMurray Keith, President and CEO of the Biotechnology Innovation Organization, in a letter to Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack and U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, June 8th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.